right. Speaking of remembering, which is a really good segue, everybody I'm sure remembers this, this upcoming uh, Wednesday is Valentine's Day. I'm sure you all knew that. If you didn't know that, I may have just saved a couple of lives out here. Just letting you know. Wednesday. And speaking of remembering, I, I found, uh, you know, talking about Valentine's Day and, and love and all that, I, I've come across a couple of just really good pieces of advice, uh, especially in a married relationship, but, you know, probably, you know, if you're not married yet, it works for you too. Um, on the remembering side, apparently it is the most effective way to remember your wife's birthday is if you forget it once. That's going to be the best way to, to remember it from here on out. Just a tip for you. Uh, men in any argument, it's a time saver. It's a lot of other things, but always let your wife have the last word. Anything after that, it's just the beginning of another argument. So you wanted to cut off, just let her have it. Uh, ladies, tip for you all. The best way to get your husband to do something you've been asking for him to do for a long time, uh, even better, suggest he's too old to maybe do it. That is the, that's the best way to get it done. And uh, I read somewhere, it said, uh, a gentleman said, only two things are necessary to keep one's wife happy. Uh, first, let her think she's having her own way. And, uh, and the second thing is to actually just let her have her own way. And keep her happy. So today I do want to talk about love, and uh, I do want to read from Corinthians, but we're not going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. I think we've been over that a lot. Most of us probably know it almost by heart. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, good scripture to read. Maybe read it on your own. I want to go instead to 2 Corinthians 9 and, uh, and look, at, uh, look at another passage here. We're going to start in verse 6 and read through verse 11. In 2 Corinthians 9, starting verse 6, it says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Now, before I lose anybody and go, oh, no, he's talking about tithing today. I, I'm not. That's not my, my focus. Uh, maybe I am. It, it kind of depends on what, what you come away uh, from this with. Um, but that's not really what I'm focusing on. This, this passage is used a lot in, in terms of giving to the church. And while that's a good thing, I think maybe we, we might miss a little bit more of a bigger picture if that's all we talk about. Uh, and really, all today I want to do is just make you think about it a little and if, if I get you to think about it, then I've kind of done my job. And, and if it actually changes your life, then, then God's done, done his job. And, uh, and I think that would be a good thing. So let's look at verse 6 first. Now Paul talks, you know, he's talking to the Corinthians here. And he tells them, now this I say, verse 6, he who sows sparingly 
will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, this is a word picture you see all through the Bible. You know, uh, the idea that your deeds are very much like tending to a garden. Uh, and we're not talking sowing like needle and thread sowing. It's, you know, planting kind of sowing, S-O-W. Uh, the idea that the things you do is like taking a little seed and putting it in the ground. And but that's not where it stays. It grows and whatever you place there becomes something even more. And sometimes there's consequences if what you're planting is a bad thing. And sometimes it becomes the same thing that you planted but becomes that many more times over. In the Bible it says that planted tears become joy. And planted iniquity becomes vanity in the sense that it's just pointlessness. Planted righteousness becomes kindness. And planting of the Holy Spirit becomes eternal life. Now this isn't a trick to gain the system. You know, although planting goodness out of love is promised a great return. You know, there's, there's blessings that God has in store for us. But it's not, it's not built necessarily to gain the system. But it's a, it's a fitting description for what our actions do. They continue on. They grow. They don't just stay where they are. Um, and whether for good or for bad, they become greater than they started. The little things that we do. And it's in the framework of that principle that this passage begins. You sow a little, you reap a little. You sow a lot, you get a bumper crop. Uh, and that's, it's not a concept that we haven't spoken about before. But I want you to kind of keep that in mind when we go on to the rest of the passage. This principle that everything you do grows and continues on, whether for good or for bad, and we're going to focus on the good here. Going on to verse 7, it says, Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we do like to use this verse mainly in uh, when we talk about tithing and offerings and gifts of money. And to be fair, kind of in this context, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church that has decided of their own volition to give what, and he doesn't say what it is, but uh, to give a bountiful gift to the ministry. And he was thanking them for it. But if we only look at this in terms of money, we miss a very important message. And, and even if we only look at it in terms of just how we operate in the church, we miss, I think, everything that God wants for us. So the first part of it says, each one must do this is necessary as breathing for the Christian if you are a child of God it's not only something that you should do it's something that you must do uh, and what is it that you must do you must sow you must plant the seeds you must sow because a child of God is born into a family of spiritual horticulturalists you're you're designed and called to plant and to purpose in your heart to plant because that's God's will for you. And not because somebody, me or anybody else, is up here telling you to. You know, that would be under compulsion. The only compulsion you should have driving you to do this is coming from your heart and from the purposefulness that God has placed there. Because he himself is a cheerful giver and he loves all of his children to be like him. And this is how we show love. Each one, when it says that each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, it means that everyone may have a completely different purpose. Everyone may have a completely different seed to plant. But we're all in the same occupation. Purpose in your heart, that whatever seed you are given to plant, that is what you will do. 
And it's not because me or anybody else is forcing you to, holding the knife or the poker tea and saying, get after it. It's because that's what God desires from you. And why does God desire it from you? In verse 8, he goes on and says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written in verse 9, He scattered abroad, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He's quoting Psalms there. So if you look at this, this is the special part just a part, but a special part of what God has planned and designed for us. So you can look at these verses and say, well, what he's saying there is if you give, God's going to give you back, and you're just going to have more. Um, and that's kind of true, but I don't think that's what Paul's really getting at here, if you, if you look at the, the verse. He says you may have an abundance, that God's grace would abound to you, and that you'll have a sufficiency in everything. But he says that sufficiency is that you may have an abundance for every good deed. Not only is God giving you the seeds to sow, whatever it may be, and uh, in whatever amount, he's going to make sure that you have enough to keep giving. If you sow that seed, he's going to give you more. He's not going to let you run out. He says you may have an abundance, but it's an abundance for the express purpose of being supplied for every good deed, whatever that may be. So if you have purposed in your heart to give, uh, yes, it could be money. But maybe, maybe it's your time. If you purpose in your heart to give your time, uh, maybe it's kindness. Maybe it's a skill you have that can benefit your neighbor um, and bless them. Maybe it's a focus that you've been given for your family that wasn't there before. Maybe it's throwing your shoulder to the wheel, you know, in your, in your church for your church family. But whatever it is, the Bible says here that God's grace will see to it that you have an abundance for whatever that is to give. He's not going to call you to give something that he won't then supply you to be able to give. He will see to it that you won't run out of seeds to plant. It says so you, you will have a sufficiency in everything. And he uses really strong words here. All things, everything. He means it. He will give you the sufficiency in everything to continue on with what he's placed in your heart to do. Now during COVID, we got really familiar with supply chain interruptions and and uh, everything like that. God's not that way. The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand, hill, uh, a thousand hills. He's not going to run out of the seeds that he desires for you to plant in the world around you. He scattered abroad and he gave to the poor. And that now is where we come to the real purpose from the passage in verse 10. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. God himself is the provider of the seed that he gives you to sow, but it doesn't just stop there. Through your planting, the harvester collects grain, the flour becomes bread for the hungry. God shows his love through you whenever you give. And he shows his love to others. So when you sow that seed, so every step of the process, God provides what he gives you and in turn uses it to provide for other people. To fill the needs of those around you. Not only will he give you what he wants you to sow and make sure that you have more than enough to spread and keep planting, his hand controls the reach and the magnitude of that process. So again, maybe through your time, 
Perhaps he's providing love for somebody who's lonely. Now, through your kindness, the Bible says that leads people to repentance. Through the sharing of your skills with others, he may help provide in a practical way for somebody in need. And through your commitment, he may show a glimpse of himself to your family. And yes, even, even if it's money, if that's what you've purposed in your heart to give, should that seem be, be given to you to sow, he may use it to further his kingdom. So imagine this in a way, it's, it's very much like a potluck, uh, which we've got one coming up end of March. So another thing to put on your calendars. So uh, it's easy to visualize because we've all been to one. So imagine we've, we're, we've got a potluck and Melissa's heading it up like she does. And uh, she makes some good ribs and, uh, and all that. And she provides it. And we know that. And then maybe, maybe Miss Eleanor looks and she goes, well, it looks like Melissa's got the food covered. And so I won't bring anything. Well, I know full well... Miss Eleanor's got a gift, seed to sow, so to speak, and she makes some really good homemade bread if you haven't had it. Now, if she just decides, Melissa's got this covered, I don't need to bring anything, I don't get any of that because I don't have the gift to be able to make that bread for myself in that way. So maybe I miss out on, on a blessing that she has there. Now, I can bring some brisket. I, I can get everybody some brisket. But if, if Ms. Martha looks and says, well, he's bringing brisket, I won't bring anything, uh, we're all going to miss out on something. So, in kind of a small imagery, but it's the same way in the spiritual life. It's the same way in normal life. I mean, if you think of it like a business, if product's not going out and revenue's not coming in, that business is in trouble. In the same way, if what God's given you to sow what he's given you to give, money or whatever it is, if it's not continually going out from you, um, that's not his design for the Christian. In God's design for the Christian, God supplies you with the things he fully intends to keep moving around and not just stop with you. It must keep moving and growing and spreading. That's the process he uses. Now, why does he do this? In verse 11, it says, you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So again, it says you'll be enriched, but then it tells you why you're being enriched. The purpose is in the blessing to sow more. Get rid of what you've got. I'll bring more to you. And all of this in the later half of verse 11, so that through you, thanksgiving to God, will be produced. And, and let me put that into context for a minute. So um, think to yourselves, remember back just for, for a second, a moment that you were, were truly thankful to God. And I don't mean just in a, well, I'm thankful I woke up this morning kind of way. Now I mean like something big is happening. Um, something drastic is happening. So maybe you've got a loved one who is on the brink. You're, you're, you might lose them to a sickness or something else. And God comes through and he helps them pull through. And that feeling you have, that Thanksgiving, that I'm just bowled over with gratitude. That's what I'm talking about. Um, maybe when you can't make ends meet despite your best efforts and you're about to go under and God provides for you. That feeling, that gratitude of just being completely thankful to God not in a small way, but just in holding on to them, like somebody just pulled you out of the water when you were drowning, kind of thankfulness. I'm talking that feeling, so grab that feeling for just a moment. 
when God shows up in your life so big and real that you can't help but being swept up in thankfulness, God wants that for other people too. He does all this so that that feeling and that gratitude and that thankfulness can be felt for others to God as well, to himself. And that's the part you have to play. That's why you're given seeds to sow to begin with. So that those people can in turn have that gratitude. So far from being just about money, this, this whole passage you know, gives us a glimpse into a part of God's grand plan and design and his purpose for our lives and what we do with the things that he gives us. And I'm not talking things just in the term of physical money and the, the, the items. I'm talking the gifts. I'm talking the time, the attention. So I want, want us to think about two things today, this week, when we think about, you know, Valentine's Day and love and everything like that. The first question I really want you to give some thought to this week is, what seeds has God given you to sow? What has he provided you with that he's intending for you to move around and not just sit on? What things has he placed in your life and on your heart to use to bless others that are still sitting in your pockets? And again, I don't mean money. Could be anything. What skills has he given you that are going unused? What needs around you are going unmet while you have the God-given provision to help meet those, to put those to work? So that's the first thing I want us to think about. What's he given you? I mean, just take honest inventory. What's he given you that's just sitting in your closet? The second question, after you've identified what those things are, what those seeds are, is to ask yourself, will you purpose in your heart to sow those seeds. He says everyone should do just as he's purposed in his heart. Are you going to take the step of actually saying, all right, now that I know what it is, here's what I'm going to do. Will we make the cheerful, unforced decision to begin giving these things in the service of, of God's kingdom? Uh, and don't wait to be purposed by somebody else. You know, it says just if you've purposed in your heart, if you wait around and, and just say, well, somebody will tell me what they need, they may, but also that might be compulsion too. Look in your heart, what is what are you going to purpose to give? You know, uh, working in business, again, I've heard multiple times, there's, there's four types, I think it's four types, yeah, four types of employees, um, basic types. Your, your top line employee, your number A type employee, is going to be the employee that looks around and finds what needs to be done and does it. And uh, they don't stay employees real long. They usually be put you know, in higher terms of leadership. Your, your type B employee is the type of employee, and he's a good employee, but he's the one that comes to you constantly and says, what do you need me to do? Uh, the third type of employee, a type C employee, is the type where you have to tell them what you want to be done. That's most employees. And then the type D employee, which is really familiar to all of us, is the one you have to go and actually find to tell him what needs to be done because he's hiding somewhere. And so none of us want to be that one. But in the spiritual world, we want to be the same way. All of us should be type A employees, not, not necessarily you know, having to be found to be told, hey, you need to sow. We need to be the type A that says, I'm going to purpose in my heart, this is what God's given me, and I'm going to spread it around. I'm not going to tell anybody what that is in their life. This is for you to purpose in your heart. 
to be the instrument of provision and an agent of thankfulness in the lives of someone else. You have to ask yourself, will, will you sow them in all the fields that God has placed you in? You know, we didn't talk about that, but where do you place those seeds? It's your home. It's your work. It is the church. But it's everywhere where God puts you. That's where he intends for you to take those seeds that he gives you and to plant. Will you share the love of God with those around you? And that's really the question. So if I can get you to think about two things, what are they? And what are you going to do with them? And that way, in a way, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 really goes over a lot of aspects of love. And it touches some, I think, on, on some applicable things here. But this is some real rubber meets the road ways to truly love people. And not just your, your spouse or you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever, but everyone around you. And let that love of God flow through you. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you are the great lover. That ultimately the source of all godly love flows from you to us. Help us to be your hands and your feet, the agents of thankfulness. That we can take that love that you give us that we're so grateful for and share it with everyone we touch. Lord, don't let us be fearful. Don't let us be afraid that what we give, well, we'll never see it again. You know, whether that's time or skills or, or physical gifts. Help us to know that you will provide us with as much as you want us to give. An abundance of giving. Open our eyes today, God. If there's anything that we have that we're just sitting on that you gave us in order for us to turn and grow that to be provision for more people, help us to understand what that is. Help us to purpose in our hearts to give what and how much that you desire for us to give. We thank you. We praise you for everything you are and everything you've done and everything you're doing. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Yeah.